episode 2-6. My name is Nolan. With me is... I'm Janelle. And... I'm Alex. And we're here. It's May 16th. Uh, beautiful Saturday. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. Um, we've been playing some scary games, and that's my favorite thing in the world. And, mm-hmm. and it's been rainy, and I love that. How yeah. are you, Alex? Doing all right. Um, I've been playing some not scary games, and it's also been rainy. So, you know, we have at least that in common. That it's <laughs> raining. What have you been playing? Respective What's this not scary game? Um, it's a game called Hypnospace Outlaw. Have you guys heard of this? Heard of it, but I don't really know anything about it. So, I don't even know how to explain it. I was like, I literally, before the show, I was like, oh, I want to talk about Hy- Hypnospace Outlaw, but I don't even know how to explain it. So, okay. This takes place in an alternate 1999 where um, a company, which I'm blanking on the name of, has sold a way to access the internet through your sleep. You put on a headband and then you sleep and then you basically have like 1999 internet pages, right? And your job, you are a basically an admin. So you have to go around and make sure people aren't violating the rules of the, the, the service called Hypnospace and stop the Hypnospace outlaws. Um, and it's sort of a detective game. Like you just get a prompt. The first prompt you get is like, oh, people have been misappropriating this copyrighted cartoon character. So you have to go and find the images of the cartoon character and flag them, and then people can remove them. So, One of them, so you're like a, a copyright regulation narc? On, not, not, on, like, on, like, Geo, well, on like GeoCities yeah, websites? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a GeoCities website, but it's not just copyright regulation. Like, you move on to more things. Like, one of them was harassment, and it was these two kids in high school, a bully and his, like, victim, that were, like made like pages about how much they hate each other and want to cut each other's heads off and shit and how their girlfriend is better than the other ones but if you look into it both of their girlfriends are their alternate accounts they have the same head (laughs) they have the same id for each one um oh no yeah it's great um it's very a lot of original music too which is better than it has any right to be um There's little, so, there's little, sorry, there's, uh, there's little diversions in the timeline, too. Like, you can go into a lot of detail about things that have no relevance to the main, quote-unquote, mission or plot at hand. Like, I found out that um, in this universe that it the, the game takes place in, um, they play a sport called Trennis, which is, <laughs> which is, like, which is a four-way, there's a four-way net, so it's a net that makes, like, an X, and there's one person on each side, and they're all lobbing the ball back and forth to each other. And if you go to this one conspiracy theory page, there is this dude who is saying that they they stole his great-great-great-grandfather's game or whatever um, called Tennis. And if you look it up, he's actually talking about the real history of Tennis, and he's been, like, pushed into the conspiracy theory page. It's great. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so, really good. But it, it makes you feel like a detective, because you're going around looking for, like, you know, you're looking for clues, and you have to find this high schooler, or not even high schooler, middle schooler secret page where he talks about how much he loves this... This like shitty grime metal band. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm, I'm in the middle of. The, I just got access to a page. They slowly unlock different page, different like hubs that you can access. Um, that's dedicated to cool punk, which is this nice. like, it's this music. It's this like music subculture that's based off of a. It's 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 a. It's Vaporwave. It's Vaporwave, but it's based off oh, of nice. this one, like, bottled water company that had a jingle in, like, the 90s or whatever. And it's so, like, clearly being astroturfed by the bottled water company. And mm-hmm. there's big arguments about it. It's it's great. That sounds really good. It's really, and really fun. Sorry, I kept cutting off. A lot, a lot of that stuff is not 
part of the main story. It's just if you follow links, you can find the. It's just there, details yeah. Details of the world. I spent I spent longer than I should have on like this. Well, longer than I should have. There's no like timing or whatever. This eight year old made a page about dinosaurs, and one of them was just like a shitty mm-hmm. dinosaur gif, and he's like, "This is the fastest dinosaur in the world." And there were like <laughs> default people, and it was like these are the cavemen, and all and like a bunch of the links were broken. There were links for like a bunch of different dinosaur species you could click on, and none of them would take you anywhere. You oh, could find cute. you could find yeah you could find like Facebook dads pages where they talked about there okay there's this this universe's Pokemon is called Squishers, and oh, no there's a there's a page in the conspiracy theory page by this like religious this like religious zealot type person. Who is like these are demonic images, and he's also talking about how he doesn't want to be in the conspiracy theory page because he doesn't agree with anything there because there's like, <laughs> what you have like the this sort of like hippie like subculture there, and he's like mad about the fact that he's in the in the same chat room with them. It's great. It's so good, um, but it's a really satisfying, interesting little detective game where you kind of just browse a a fictional OS and learn about this weird alternate reality where tennis is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Is there That's any awesome. kind of locomotion? Like, are you like walking around an area, or nope, is the game nope. just in a browser? It is just in a browser. There is a similar game oh. where you walk around in an area called, uh, oh, what's it called? I played that game a little bit too. Um, Broken Reality, um, and those mm. two games are bundled together because people they're so si- they're so similar in like aesthetic and theme. But Hypnospace Outlaw is literally just a fictional browser that you can search and you navigate with your mouse wow. and keyboard. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I would fun. love to play that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's actually on, as as of right now, it is on the newest Humble Bundle, so. Ooh, which is, okay. Yeah, yeah, because they, they have their, like, anniversary. I think it's, like, their 20th anniversary or something. Some insane number. Um, as of May 16th. Yes, which is the day we're recording this. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, look um, into that, because you can get that and a bunch of other games for pretty cheap. We should. Mm-hmm. Um, Nolan and I have been playing the Resident Evil 2 remake. I didn't get to play it at PAX a couple years ago because it was crazy popular. Mm, I did. And I didn't. I, I didn't it buy I it. Um, <laughs> I didn't buy it when it came out because I spent all my money on a tattoo instead, and I thought I want this game, but I want a tattoo more. Bad choice, by the way, listeners. It was not a good choice. Of the tattoo. Um, yeah, the it's not cool buying Resident Evil, getting a tattoo. I feel weird about it. However, it's a cool tattoo. This game's. <laughs> I feel weird about this game because for most of what we've played so far, we're probably what like eight hours into it, maybe less, less maybe six hours yeah. into it. I um, thought it was the perfect horror game, and then it did the dumb Resident Evil thing where it stopped being scary, so that's let me down. But it's been a really phenomenal experience so far. Yeah, Janelle, I have a, a question night. for you. Yeah, Has Resident Evil ever really been scary? The most of two has been. Um, to set the scene. Okay, we're playing this game last night at like 1 a.m. We're being chased around by this very scary man in a hat and boots, and we can hear him everywhere we go, and there are those stupid liquors everywhere. Our roommate's gone for the night Sounds because... Sounds like a slur when you say it like that. Well, <laughs> that's what they're called. Well, you can play as a police officer, so... That's true. That's true. Our roommate is gone for the night camping with his girlfriend, and then suddenly, what do I hear? Real footsteps in my house. <laughs> And I'm going to pee my pants because it's 1 a.m. And who the hell is in my house? And this game is scaring me so much that I already want to throw up. He just came back early. But, man, like, that game scared me so badly last night that I almost started crying. It was – I had to, like, give the controller to Nolan and say, like, I just can't do wow, this right okay. now. It's too much for me. It scared the shit out of me, man. See, 
for me personally, I, I, I think the Resident Evil 2 remake is absolutely fantastic um, so far. And I don't think Resident Evil 2 was really that long of a game. So, so far is not going to be... There's not much that I think will change if, if yeah. the game has played its cards at this point. But mm. I think that at a point, that's almost just an expectation you should have with a Resident Evil game. Because every one of them that is, you know, of the original trilogy plus seven. So the ones that are actually going for horror. I feel like they all have the big set piece location that's in all the marketing. You know, you have the Spencer Mansion. You have Raccoon city police department you have the baker estate all of that stuff it's only ever like the first 45 to 50 percent of the game every okay it isn't a resident evil game if it doesn't end in a super lab sure but it's still disappointing like that was my least favorite part of seven too the second you get to the boat i stopped caring about that game and like the second we got to the sewers last night i think i lasted like 30 minutes before i show up and then you clapped because you recognize that character Hey, that was cool, though. Yeah, that was pretty... Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Similarly, going into the star's office in Resident Evil 2 and finding, like, Jill, Barry, Albert, and um, Chris's desks and, like, them leaving notes to one another was really, really exciting. Um, Seeing little, like, uh, going into Chris's office and he he has this, like, corner office with a computer and the... the, You know, Jill and, and Barry just have, like, cubicle desks outside of it. I thought that was kind of a cute touch. It's but, set in 1998, isn't it? Like, yeah. they didn't, they didn't bring, the, bring it to the modern era. I like that a lot. No. It's, it's so set in 98 that you have to... One, one puzzle involves getting a, um, a novelty police badge USB dongle um, to put into Chris Redfield's computer. And then it loads this, like, Windows XP <laughs> or, like, Windows 98 <laughs> loading bar to show that you're, like, unlocking the armory door. There's it's a lot of little cute. stuff like that. And, yeah. I love but that. I am a little harsh on it right now just because the not scary part let me down so much, but... It has been phenomenal. My my one big, big issue with it is that um, watching Nolan play Resident Evil 4, like, last mm-hmm. week or whatever, I was really... Well, it's a bad game. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the... Co- whatever. Maybe it's the gameplay is fun. Game. That's a great game, bad. Yeah. The it's, story it's, is bad and the characters are bad. That is what I'll say. But that's why you play Resident Evil 4. Uh, whatever. My I play Resident Evil for the rich story. My yeah. point is, you fucking people... That I was watching him play that, and I was really disappointed by how the women in that game were treated. I, I did like how the president's daughter, like, defended herself from weird comments, but they were still there. And there was that character, Ada, and she was just a mess, you know? So when she shows up in Resident Evil 2, I was super stoked because she wasn't over-sexualized, and she just looked like a normal, like, FBI agent or whatever the hell she is. I haven't... FBI or something. I thought she wore like yet. a red dress, like ball gown. So, and then once you go to play her, she takes off her trench coat and her sunglasses, and all of a sudden she's in this super tight dress, and it really bummed me out because I thought the game was being intelligent about that, and I thought they grew up a little bit, but then they totally didn't. And I think that's kind of the source of my resentment towards it right now. But it, it the has whole, the whole sewer section. I mean, yeah, that's upsetting. Yeah, so yeah, true. the whole and game also the sewer is section by... is boring. Sure, but like this is like one example though, isn't it? Are there multiple? Sure, or... but so far she's the only example. But this is the conversation I had with Nolan last night. As a woman, it's different. It's not just yeah. one example sure. for me. It's sure. the it's one of the two playable female characters, unless there's another I don't know of, and she's like over sexualized. It's is not just one character. Female? It's what is the tofu a woman? <laughs> yes, you're okay. right. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> but 
You know well, what I mean? Well, that one's naked, and... so... That's true. Well, you know what I mean? They have a hat on, I think, but, you know. It, it does. And and it's also silly just because there's no, nobody would wear yeah. that dress on you, that mission. Nobody would. You can't yeah. you can't move around in something like that. I You can't. It, it upsets me. I don't know. Well, but, but it's been good. In terms of the game, though, I, I think it's fantastic. I, yeah. I completely understand what you're saying about being let down once you leave the police station, thinking the game declines in quality. But, I mean, honestly, for me, just I just say temper your expectations because every Resident Evil game goes more and more action-focused as it goes on. The horror is always front-loaded. I mean, that um, doesn't mean it can't be upsetting, though. Totally. Total I guess I just expected it. It's like par for the course, you know? Yeah. I yeah. did not, so. I've never thought really, of Resident really Evil as, like, a genuine, like, horror game, you know? Like, I've always thought of it the first two are. I've thought of it in the same vein as, like, uh, the, the, the Rise of the Living Dead? Is that what I, The Romero movies. Mm. What's, I'm blanking on the name all of a sudden. But there's, uh, like, yeah. it's got, like, a horror pretense, but it's all, like, it's, it's kitschy as hell, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and especially yeah, with the first three games voice acting. Too. Yeah, yeah. The the first three games plus uh like Code Veronica's voice acting, like I know it was a different era, but like it's hard to take any of that seriously. Though well, I will say I don't remember the you know, original Resident Evil two. I haven't seen that game since I was like six years old. But other than Ada's character, the the dialogue has been really good. It's been a really this, I don't know. It I, it hasn't been like a weird kitschy, spooky action game. It's been like a pretty serious game, and Leon Kennedy has been a really terrific, sincere character in it. So I don't know. Yeah, have you it's gotten to bit... the? Uh, I can't remember her name all of a sudden. Not Ada. Um, Claire. Yeah, have you gotten to her campaign yet? No, not yet. That's next. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, outside of stuff we've been playing, um, we are. A week or two in to this sort of E3 analog, we have we talked last week about our good friend, our good friend Mr. Jeff Keeley, um, spearheading this initiative to get game developers and companies to like host their own miniature events as opposed to this big E3 conference. And we've seen a little bit of that. There's been some game announcements. Mm-hmm. Janelle, I know you're pretty excited about the first thing we have on the list here. That was, unless huh. I'm wrong. Just sort of shadow announced. I remember just waking up one day and seeing a message on my phone from Alex in our group chat that he was like, "Are you guys interested in the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two remaster?" and 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 I didn't even realize that that had been announced. But here we are, and it's and it's it exists. <laughs> yeah, I this think it, is... I think Jeff Keeley actually did say like, "Oh, we have an announcement coming uh, tomorrow or whatever." But that's uh-huh. all we got. Yeah. And then it just uh, the trailer came up in a video of Jack Black playing it with Tony Hawk. I came out too and so I remember when we were still in the studio in the lost times before the Rona I said that my fear for losing E3 is like you know you don't really get the hype so it was a little bit disappointing for me to just wake up and see on Twitter that this game was announced and it made me realize how much I missed just watching a thing for 45 minutes however holy shit you guys I am so excited about this I don't think I really played the first two games much at all, but if they sell well, maybe they'll make three and four, and that is where I'm really at. And this I, is going to be great. I get the feeling these games are going to sell pretty well, because yeah. it's more than just you that's excited about it. Oh, absolutely. I... Like, they got all of the old skaters back. They got all except, like, a couple of the old tracks back. So they I, can got just, the... I can just listen to Goldfinger Superman on repeat forever. Mm-hmm. They got the old 
skaters back and they're not making them look younger. <laughs> they're that. keeping them at the age that they're at now and I think that's so good. <laughs> I think the best thing about it is that you can tell they know their audience because they made the demo, um, like the gameplay video was was almost one to one with the Pizza Hut demo disc. It's the warehouse, just being right? The first, the first mm-hmm. two to three minutes of the uh, of the foundry or warehouse level. That's the pre-order um, bonus too. Is you get early yeah. access and it's just the warehouse level, which Man. is great because the the Pizza Hut demo disc is as legendary as the game almost. Yeah. yeah. So this is very exciting. Well, that will you will you buy it day one? Are you a day one Tony Hawk buyer? I'm a pre-order buyer. Even after Damn, okay. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5? Yes. And really? all of the yeah. other Tony Hawk Pro Skaters that have been bad? Like, There's not been any bad ones except for 5. 5 is the only bad one. I don't know what you're talking about. There's been a bunch of lackluster ones to my understanding. I'm no expert, well, Not but... Pro Skater. There are four good Pro Skater games and then five. Okay. And then the okay. other Tony Hawk games. Yeah, the, the ones that aren't... The Pro Skater are the mainline games, but there's lots of tony hawk games that aren't pro skater yeah okay okay um like project a american wasteland american wasteland is gold but i think there's like 10 or 11 total something like that but but i'm definitely buying it what about you guys nah i'll play it when you buy it fair (laughs) that's where i'm at (laughs) i guess asking you is irrelevant what about you alex are you playing yeah i don't i don't live with i don't i don't get to i don't get roommate game privilege um no (laughs) i can just mail it to you after yeah yeah just send it in the just ship it physically in the mail to me um yeah Definitely not day one. I'm curious about it. I think they're launching it at, a, a, like, $40, which is a much more reasonable price for something like this, yeah. I think. That's good for two and it, games. Well, it's two games. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, really yeah. good, I think. It's two yeah. critically acclaimed, like, well-loved games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully it's a good remaster. Yep. Um, yeah, hopefully. Uh, there's been a couple I... of remasters that we want to talk about, actually, that I'm have been collections yeah. of other games. far more excited for the next remaster set on I gotta the list, admit personally. I am, too. Yeah. Um, the, the Mafia games are getting a trilogy release, and they're going to be remaking Mafia 1 from the ground up, and I think the I think Mafia 2 and 3 are what I'm gathering just going to be remasters, because those games are already relatively modern, especially 3 um, is not even very old. Yeah, 3 so I don't came out like game a merit. couple of years ago. Yeah, and two, 2 is a 7th gen game, and none of that looks really... Uh, yeah, to my understanding, it's been remasters. Isn't to my understanding, they're putting them like all in the, Yeah, yeah. To my understanding, they're putting them all in the uh, Mafia Three engine. So, like Mafia Three as the base probably isn't going to change very much at all. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never played these games, so that doesn't it doesn't mean anything to me. The pictures look pretty, but um, you played a lot of Mafia I, Two, didn't you, Nolan? Yeah, I've played two and three, and also one, but I didn't beat one. I only beat two. Three I played a lot of, but three, three is a very um, three has the Death Stranding thing where they front load all of the story, and then there's just tens of hours with little to no story or character progression, followed by this dump of narrative before the credits roll. And I never got to that um, pre-credit story load, so I just played the beginning and then did a bunch of the you know open world stuff and kind of left it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. As an aside, just to what Nolan said a minute ago, the amount of, like, not-that-old games that are getting remastered is super weird. I agree with that. And how how old did you say the third game is? It's only a couple years old. Really? I don't remember when it came out, but I know that I... 2016, maybe? Strange. See, that's strange. Any, like, PS3 game even getting remastered right now feels weird still. Doesn't feel like it's been enough time. It's not going to feel right to me buying a Mass Effect, like, HD box... Um, 
I don't even really know what you would what you would do. I guess you can't even really upscale it because games are still 1080p. Yeah. Right now, you could redo the textures, I suppose. Maybe give it new combat, but it just yeah. doesn't seem. It just seems too soon to me. To but then again, you know, hey, Shadow of the Colossus came out on PS3 one gen after it released on PS2, so yeah, maybe it's just maybe we just have tunnel vision when you're in the era that it doesn't feel early enough. But. I think this is just like what it is when you get old and everything <laughs> that is actually yeah. pretty old doesn't feel that old to you and you're like, oh, that was 10 years ago? Weird. Yeah. Heck, I mean, what? what one, one generation after the PS2, you had like the Sly Cooper trilogy coming out on PS3. Yeah. Or, you know, I guess it isn't that weird in the grand scheme of things. Before, before the end of the world happened, my brother and his friend came over and they were playing um, Rock Band 3 on the Wii and they were like, yeah, we want to play a retro game. And no! Like, is this how old people oh feel? Is this how it feels when old people are... Is this how it feels to be old? Um, I think so. Oh, great. I will say one thing that I think we're all in agreement on in terms of a remaster. Well, okay. Um, Mafia 1 being remastered is interesting because that game came out in the year 2000. Um, came to consoles about two years later, and in both cases, it is very, very hard to play, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Uh, so it doesn't run very well on consoles, because this was a this was a pretty beefy game at the time. Um, so okay. even two years later, it had it kind of struggled. Um, kind of like The Witcher, where it came out, like, what was it, like, two or three years later, and it still wasn't terrific on consoles. Um, right. But Mafia struggled a lot harder. Also, Mafia 1 doesn't have... So... It's it's kind of like GTA in that structure where you have cars, and we talked about that earlier, but, like, your main source of movement is mouse and keyboard, and uh-huh. that does not feel good on a car. So you have to either switch between a controller or driving wheel or whatever, or be on a mouse and keyboard, and it's just, it's just a hassle and a pain to play, and there's no real workaround. So I'm mm-hmm. very excited to just get it on, probably on a controller, if we're going to be spending that much time driving around old-fashioned, old-timey cars. Um... And have it work. Fair. That's what I'm really excited for, because Mafia is seen really often as being like one of the most underrated um, games in general, but also their plot in particular um, being really underrated. So I want to be able to experience that, and I'm excited. Yeah, totally fair. See, I I don't have time for the Mafia. I only have time for the Yakuza, so no, I don't know. No. I don't know if I'm going to be playing these fu- games. You fucking but... weave. You can only watch the... You can only play... Subs versus dubs, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but... Um, Mafia 2 is, it peaked. Mafia 2 is really good. Uh, if you get a chance to play that one, listener, if that's the only one, give it a go. Give it a go. Alex, tell me about the new Paper Mario game. A new Paper Mario game. It just showed up out of nowhere. There was no announcement, no teaser. It was just sort of like, surprise, here's a trailer. 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah, the announcement was the trailer and the release date. Yeah, the release date is like in... Yeah, two months. Not even. It's like yeah. July 19th, I think. Yeah, I think so. Something That's like that. so soon. It's coming out on the same day as Ghost of Tsushima. So. It is. Oh, That's I know right. what I'm buying. Yeah. Paper Mario. That, but. I, I've never <laughs> played Paper Mario, but don't people hate it? Isn't that okay. the thing? Okay. No. Okay. Fill us in. So there are... Paper Mario is, is an RPG. This came out after... Um, they did their collaboration with Square Enix on the Mario RPG series, and then the, when that fell through, when Square Enix decided to put all their games on the PlayStation because a disc is better than a cartridge, they were like, "Well, we'll make our own. We'll make our own thing." And they made Paper Mario for the N sixty four. That was mm-hmm. a very charming, very good um, RPG and game. Uh, we got a sequel, which was Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, which might be one of the best games ever made. 
I really, really like that game a lot. It is fun to play. It is genuinely really funny, and the writing is really, really good. Um, Likeable and interesting characters that aren't Mario, obviously. Um, it's, it's just a really masterful game. Um, then we got a Wii version, which changed the... A Wii, a Wii game, which was... I can't remember the name of the Wii game, but it stopped being an RPG. It started being, like, a platformer. And it still, oh, okay. had, the, it still had the writing and was interesting, um, but it's it's divisive. Um, and then Miyamoto came out and said, we found out that actually people don't like the story, so we're going to get rid of the story. And then they released uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star for the 3DS, which is just an awful dog shit video game. It is, <laughs> it is just awful in every way I imagine. It's not fun to play. None, nothing about it is interesting or charming or interesting. Um, then we got Color Splash for the Wii U, which no one played because no one bought a Wii U. That's also divisive, but more so people don't like it. Um, I think you say that once an episode. Divisive? Like episode. That, that nobody buys, has bought oh, the Wii U. Yeah. Well, it's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every, every Wii U exclusive, bar like two, is coming, is already on the Switch, right? So, like, yeah. there's just, there's just no, there was no staying power and they realized that. Yeah, um, I'm still waiting on that Deus Ex Human Revolution port. With the gamepad controls. Well, the gamepad... I want that one. The gamepad controls aren't going anywhere. That's never going to I know. Happen. I'm just yeah. saying, that's you're saying bar two Wii U ports didn't get moved up? That's the one. Okay, well... <laughs> All those enhanced features lost to time, man. Yeah, not like... I mean, you, can, get play, a Wii U. you can play that on PC, the enhanced version. I'm sure it's on other consoles. <sighs> this guy just can't take a joke. Anyway... I don't know anything about Deus Ex games. <laughs> anyway... Uh, Paper Mario and the Origami King, in a lot of ways, people are saying it's a return to form. Um, there is, okay. it's a weird combat system. I was just playing a game with some friends earlier and talking about it, and one of them was like, man, that combat system looks like it sucks. It looks so bad. And I was like, wait, really? Uh, so the way that it's working is you have a certain amount of, everything is, you're in like a series of rings, and you have like a certain amount of turns where you can turn the rings to like line up enemies and then attack them all in a row, basically. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I thought that to me. This sounds like a. It sounds different. Type of, yeah, it like sounds a, different. Every time an RPG has some kind of positioning involved in the combat. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it adds something. I uh, obviously we haven't played it yet, and we haven't seen a lot of it. But you know, I'm op- I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I don't think it's going to be Thousand Year Door. I don't think any game ever will be again. But. I'm very interested in Paper Mario and the Origami King, and I hope it is closer to a return to form. And I hope it outsells um, Sticker Star, which is the best-selling Paper Mario game. It's gorgeous, too, by the yes, way. Yes, it game, is. That game is gorgeous. and Very pretty looking. I understand that, for story reasons, Mario isn't, like, origami'd up or whatever, but for aesthetics, I sure wish he was. Cause well, the, or- yeah, the origamis are the villains. I know, but they look so pretty. It's corruption. There's like it's great because the world's made of paper, and so the corruption is in form of folded paper. I yeah, there's it. like body really horror like involved. Peach comes yeah. to you and is like, "Will you allow yourself to crease and be reborn like me?" And it's like the, that's the, the fucked up. <laughs> it's the, awesome. The Peach thing is actually really clever because that ended up being like the video thumbnail, and it's also the first thing you see in the trailer. So it appears at first as though the art style has gone through some radical reinvention. And then when she says, you know, the thing about creasing and the camera pulls back and you see regular Mario, that's, I think that's a really cool little roller coaster. You also get an option to say yes or no. And I I feel like that's the mark of a good uh, Paper Mario game is you, 
just gi- giving up and answering yes or no as the wrong <laughs> answer, and then the game just ends. That has happened in yeah. a couple of the games. That's pretty cute. Well, um, I, I know that I joked earlier that I'd be buying this over Ghost of Tsushima, but I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Alex lent me Thousand Year Door one time, and I thought it was fun, and I had a good time, but it also just didn't click with me. I just kind of gave it back to him. Um, I think that if I were going to play a Paper Mario game, I don't think it would be Origami King right when it comes out. I think it would be me retrying Thousand Year Door. So. I absolutely think you should give Thousand Year Door another chance, because Thousand Year Door is a is yep. a masterful video game. It's very, very good in almost every front. I but, should, but this June, yeah. I will not have time, because I'll be playing Ghosts of Tsushima. He means July. July. <laughs> July. July 19th. My bad. Yeah. July 19th, yeah. Uh, which we just had a state of play about. Mm-hmm. It was about 20 minutes or so um, of gameplay and information. And I know Janelle and I watched it live. Did you get a chance to, Alex? I did, yes. I I saw it live as much as I could because um, I was at work, so I had to be sneaky. But it looks Wait, really it looks really interesting. From home and, but you work from home in your bedroom. Yeah, but I still want to, you know... Do my job. Who are you sneaking? Who are you sneaking? From? Myself, Himself. my conscience. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, my morals. Uh, but morals. this game looks incredible. I know I, I was just saying like a week or two ago that I'm kind of sick of gamey, like big gamey games. And this is a little bit that, but I think it just looks incredible and I am so excited for it. That state mm-hmm. of play was really good and I feel really satisfied with the amount of information they gave us about it. Yeah. I, I know, Alex, you and I were talking about how, um, well, I've said before, after Breath of the Wild came out, that I think a game of that size is, we're going to see games that are influenced by Breath of the Wild's mechanics, but it was going to take a few years because you don't make a game like that in one or two years. So I think we're going to be just coming up on the time where we start to see big open world games really take Breath of the Wild's cues. And this game is maybe one of the ones that you and I were expecting to do more of that. Um, yeah. And it looks like they're kind of going that way. Like, listeners, you may have seen, but instead of a mini-map, this game has an option to cue a gust of wind on command. And the gust of wind will blow towards your waypoint and will use leaves and particles blowing in the air as like a visual um indicator of direction and it's sort of like it as the crow flies and uh, i love that i love that so much because it encourages you to explore whatever's on the way a lot like breath of the wild did where it's like Mm -hmm. you see a landmark and you just go to it you follow the wind and then everything that's along the way you can stop and check out that's really exciting if the wind blows towards your area but there's a mountain or a lake in the way or something then you're not going to be getting you know, point-by-point point navigation. You're going to have to figure that stuff out for yourself, which is a big deal for me in games also um, for the same reasons. Yeah, I encourage exploration yeah. and everything. It's not just an Assassin's uh, Creed point on the map. It is something that's integrated into the world. Um, however, a lot of other things in this game do look pretty Assassin's Creed, though. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm, I'm fine with. I'm... I'm I'm perfectly okay with a game like this being sure, sure. gamey, which I know is like the most nebulous adjective of all time. <laughs> but in this case, I mean transparently video game-ish. Like when you walk into an area, uh, the 
name of the place takes up the top left corner of the screen along with a list of checkmark bonus objectives for how to like like oh you know kill the two clan officers and do it taking less than three hits or whatever pops up as soon as you enter a new area um you have stuff like when you discover a location on the map it says go here to like put one point into your legend or something things things like that um which is kind of an interesting like pendulum shift away from you know games like red dead or god of war where everything was sort of going for this like put the player in this in this character's shoes and make them try and forget they're there you know mm -hmm. it's a weird mix with stuff like the wind gust system and stuff that's so gamey like that yeah and one the minimal the things... ui but when the ui does show up it's so gamey it's a weird dissonance one of the things that they showed off in the trailer which had me a little concerned was the idea of like a morality system a good or bad system so you could either be a quote-unquote honorable samurai and attack them head-on or you could do stealth tactics and be the, the, the term I kept using was the ghost, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, whenever you have that, I think we've talked about this in the podcast, but whenever you have that sort of binary good guy, bad guy type thing, you lose a lot of the nuance, I think. Um, so I'm curious to see how they're going to handle that. I don't know about that. I don't think I agree with that at all. I don't think Red Dead had a nuance problem whatsoever. Red Dead 1 absolutely I, did. Um, I mean, 2. Obviously, 2. Right, right. Um. And I thought that system worked really well in that game. Yeah, I, I don't think 2 had a nuance problem, but I also don't necessarily think a little UI pop-up sure. that says, plus good honor. You earned this like, many you know, evil points. Bad cowboy. Yeah, I, don't, but... I don't think it took away from the game, but I also don't think that it... Mm. I mean, the whole point is how the characters in the world interact with you. It doesn't matter what the screen says. It's how right. the characters in the world interact with you. And right, but the the plot of that game also directly, without spoiling too much, the plot of that game also directly contradicts a lot of that, right? But that's the point. But, like... Is it? I think so. But, I mean, I, I just can only assume it's going to be the same with this. Like, it doesn't bug me so much to have a little thing pop up that says good guy points or bad guy points. What I care about more is if that ends up mattering with the npcs mm -hmm. i'm not so sure i worry about it with the story because i don't really think i'm going to be in this game for the story anyways um what i worry about it more is this problem that i associate with dishonored which is that dishonored gave you all kinds of powers and stuff that you could collect and upgrade but uh the majority of the powers skewed towards lethality Mm -hmm. But the game rewarded playing as a ghost, which meant no de no detections, no kills, no encounters. And so the the optimal way to play the game and the way the game encouraged you to play was to avoid using any of your powers at all, except for the traversal powers. Or the sleep. When all you or have is a hammer, or when all you have is a hammer that spawns thousands of rats, every guard right. looks like a nail that needs thousands of rats swarming on them, eating them alive. Right. But the problem is, then the game tells you spawning thousands of rats will increase your death count, which raises your chaos, so therefore yeah. you're actually encouraged not to use the rats at all. Yeah, that's the issue. Despite that's it being something they focused on in the marketing. Yeah, it's like... Or you have, like, even the sleep darts. There's your non-lethal option. However, the sleep darts delete your ghost bonus because you're still messing with an enemy. So, all this stuff where the game's basically telling you, okay, you got blink in the first level, just use blink for the rest of the game, and if you do anything else, that's a crutch you know mm -hmm. um so i don't worry about like the story being impacted i just worry about the game telling you that being the ghost is you know it's in the title that that's the way to play and and then you feel like maybe like you're doing something wrong if you get mm -hmm. in a sword duel and i didn't get that vibe from the trailer but i as a mm -hmm. game design thing you know it's 
possible. It's a possible pitfall. Sure. Uh-huh. I, I want to say that the game looks pretty, too, and there's a lot of cool features, but I was a little skeptical about... Okay, in theory, this sounds awesome. There is a black and white and film grain mode, which makes yes. it look like a Kurosawa movie. However, yes. this is my I'm going to put my film major cap on here. It's very, very hard to make something look good in black and white unless you specifically designed it to look good in black and white. This is why certain re-releases of films in black and white have been such a big deal, because they had to consciously think about it the whole time. But didn't they say... Sorry. I I just worry about it being the equivalent of, you know, like the the, the, the SNES Classics CRT filter, where it's like, oh, it's a cute little reference, but it actually just looks bad, you know? But I thought he said during the state of play that it wasn't a filter, and that it was its own mode that they designed, and that it's a little bit different. I, I hope I, that's I don't, true. I don't, I don't think it's like Shadow of the Colossus where it's just a little filter that you could put on. Mm-hmm. I, I think he specifically said that it was a little different than yeah. that. I, I certainly hope that's true because the idea of playing it in black and white sounds really, really appealing. But if it just Absolutely. looks like shitty and washed out, I'm not going to bother, you know? We've been on a huge Kurosawa kick lately, mm-hmm. so that extremely appeals to me. And I don't think I'll do that right away. That game has beautiful colors that I really want to see what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, well, but... there has to be this, this, this whole mechanic of collecting flowers to dye your robes. I think that's charming. And, and that's going to be, like, you're going to make that moot <laughs> with the black yeah. and white mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to... Here's my plan. Play the game normally, as intended. Throw on the black and white filter for either a second playthrough or for post-game exploration. Fair. That's my plan. Yeah. And I mean, we still have time until it comes out. We'll probably find out more information. Um, yeah. But I'm going to assume you, you think this is the game you guys are going to get when it comes out? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. This is the first game in our relationship that I think we've come to the conclusion that we're both going to want to be playing, so we're going to need to get two copies and use the computer monitor and the TV so that we can both just play it, because when games are so self-directed like that, it's going to be so hard to trade off. You're going to be like, no, I want to go there, and no, but they they don't want to. Absolutely. So, you know. But I'm very excited for this game. Oh, it looks fantastic. And the 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 combat, I don't really know that you can tell from the state of play, because we didn't really... We saw combat. They didn't really I thought the combat it. looked stylish as hell. It I thought it looked really hell, cool. I don't know how it... Yeah, exactly. As fun as it looks, though, that's Probably. what I'm worried about. I'm certain it will. You think so? I think so. I, um... I saw this, like, meme on Twitter or something making fun of Sony, because, like, this week, you know, like... Nintendo has just shadow dropped basically Paper Mario. We've uh-huh. seen the, like the next gen Xbox, and Sony is just now showing us a game that was announced in 2017, <laughs> which is funny and, and very true. But I, yeah, I think it looks really good. I've I been looking too. forward to it since it was announced, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be a really good way to cap off this. Yeah, this generation. I want to see Japan's yeah. side of the cultural exchange because this is being made by an American <laughs> studio. I want to know yeah. what sort of American culture Japan is going to do. Oh man, they've done give it us that give us that Founding Fathers Musou game from uh, Tecmo Koei or Koei Tecmo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we already got Red Dead Revolver. That was originally a Capcom game, so mm-hmm. that's Red true. Red Dead Redemption that's true. Two is technically a uh, a uh, spinoff de- descendant of Capcom. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah, if you think real Every hard good about game, it. Every good game ever made is a Capcom game. That's my hot take. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> hey, so, so speaking of PlayStation. Oh, yeah. News. Sony gave us, uh, yeah, the news. Do news. Guys. The news. Do the news. 40 minutes in. So, 
Sony revealed the PlayStation Studios branding, and I don't feel like that was much of a reveal of anything at all. Oh, I do. To, to clarify, really? the brand is just PlayStation. Well, PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. PlayStation. Well, here's why. Because Sony has started to get real generous with porting their games to other systems. I feel like oh. this is a sign that they're going to start doing this more, because when they do this, they can still have the PlayStation brand and still maximize the amount of systems and things that their games can be played on, you know? I I heard a I heard a um a point about this that the real trick is that you get to have your cake and eat it too with this branding because if your console is called PlayStation and you say only on PlayStation then you have to keep that promise. But ah. if your brand is PlayStation and you say only on PlayStation then you can even slap that label onto like The Last of Us HBO show. You can ah. say only with PlayStation. And you can start to put that onto multimedia projects and ports and everything like you're saying. So I think it's a it's a it's a paper trick to be able to expand the marketing. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but I think either way, it's promising to see more things. Like you know, it's a clever trick. Yeah, yeah. And I am kind of surprised that they revealed the brand without anything else. Yeah, that's they the just thing. were like, we have an announcement. PlayStation Studios. Mm. And that was it. Like, come on, guys. I I, this... I I think it's a sign we're gonna start seeing a lot more ports on PC and maybe even other consoles, which would be crazy. Um I yeah. think it's also a sign that both Microsoft and Sony are really interested in having a consistent stream of announcements, but neither of them are really ready to do the full reveal. <laughs> That's also probably yeah. they're valid. Sort of, they're sort of being like, we have to put up something on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they put up on Tell YouTube, about actually? The brand name. You know what they put up on YouTube uh -huh. regarding PlayStation? Um, was an exclusive... Jeff Keighley's Summer of Games showed off the exclusive demo to Unreal Engine 5 running on the PS5. Um, did you guys I... watch this? We mm -hmm. did, yeah. and I have Woke a take. Okay. This reminded me how toxic gamers are. <laughs> so gamers listening, get fucked because you guys suck. Can and, you like, elaborate on that? Our, our you're not, not that you're wrong, but yes. so they showed the tech demo for the Unreal Engine Five, and it looks incredible. I think it's beautiful. Um, though we did, I will say we did have issues where we had to keep changing what platform we watched it on. So maybe <laughs> I missed something terrible. But um. No, it looks pretty every, good all the way through. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. But every single thing I saw on Twitter for the next two days was like, wow, leave it to them to show us a game that's never even going to come out. This is so stupid. <laughs> Nothing's actually going to look like this. Oh, my God, this is so dumb. And it made me really hate the internet for a couple of days. But the demo itself, I thought, was really beautiful. And I'm really excited about it. And I'm I'm not quite as into it as Jeff Keighley is. <laughs> he, he was tweeting for like three days. Tell me, guys, is this getting you excited for next gen? No shit, Jeff. No shit. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's gorgeous, and I don't know. I'm pretty excited. Sure. Mm -hmm. I think at risk of sounding like the type of gamer Janelle is talking about, we have to be oh, no. very cautious because sure. history has shown us time and time again that it is a demo. It is not a game. game you, you have, like, different requirements and different technologies required for these things. The demo looks gorgeous, and I'm sure Unreal 5 will be great, but I would just be cautious about being like, oh, this is the future of video games, because I feel like we go through this cycle every couple of years. And Sure, but also, 
consider before Detroit Become Human came out, there was that tech demo that is Detroit Become Human. Mm -hmm. And looking at it now, it looks a lot worse than that game ended up looking. Well, to be fair, that was a tech demo shown with the announcement of the PS3. Oh, it was. Detroit Become Human came out as a late stage PS4 game. Well, look at me, guys. Look at me be dumb. You mean, uh, what was it called? Clara, I think? Yeah. Yeah, Clara, yeah, Clara, Clara came out like when the P with like alongside like giant enemy crab and stuff. <laughs> that was like, er- but yeah, I think yeah. the point still stands though. It like what's being worked on could still emerge into something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm not and saying we should this, not be excited like... because you know this is obviously a big step forward. I'm just saying we should be cautious and not just take it all at face. Yeah. Just question, it. don't take it all at face value. I will say, as somebody who doesn't know anything about a technology at all, having them say over and over again, in this shot, there are millions of triangles. That's nothing for me, and I don't <laughs> yeah, know what they're saying they or what they're talking about. They kept about, talking but... about how there's no, like, load times, but they still managed to sneak in one of the classic, um, sneak between two close-up walls to hide the loading. Yeah. Like, there's it, it, a lot of marketing speak in there, which also makes me a little oh, skeptical. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It just... Just looking at it, though, I guess it just the lighting did something for me that got me so freaking excited for mm-hmm. it. Lighting was cool. Mm-hmm. Lighting so, was cool. I, I ray tracing is going to be, gonna be deal. more important than any sort of, like, amount of triangles you can fit on a screen, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, lighting makes things look much more realistic. Absolutely. Well, if what they were talking about with a way that they're able to get the engine to, like, mitigate the cost of polygons so that they can have a bunch of high-detail models in the same room without it being um you know something that causes frame drops and stuff if that's true that could be pretty interesting but it's of course it's not going to change like that wouldn't affect gameplay in any way whereas like i think the lighting would you know if mm-hmm. you have destructible walls that you can bring lights in with or whatnot um you could do, do you remember when dark souls 2 was being teased and they made a big deal about how you would have to sacrifice a shield in one hand to be able to carry a torch and the rooms would be so dark, you'd have to, like, throw your torches sometimes to check if there were gaps you needed to jump over or whatnot. And none of that stuff ever came true. Yeah. Marketing. If Ooh. lighting is a big deal in the next gen, maybe we could see developers return to those ideas and actually make good on them. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. What about in the last gen, particularly Unreal 4? I'm going to skip around on the docket here. Um, yeah. Because this is this is really interesting to me is that with the announcement of Unreal 5 coming out eventually, I don't remember exactly when, but Unreal 4, the previous engine, which like Fortnite is currently running on, uh, is now free for any developer to use until your game makes a whopping $1 million in revenue. Yeah, this is is very exciting. See, I thought I read that that was going to be the case for the 5, so... I think I got a little bit confused reading the news, but Mm -hmm. in any case... It makes more sense this way. Um, Yeah, it does. But Unreal 4 is a, is still a beautiful, solid engine, and it's really exciting Absolutely. that they've made this so accessible. Um, that is so cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, e- Epic is frequently winning people over and showing that they are a, a actually really, really good publisher and company, which is weird because yeah. if you remember back when people were pissed about the Epic Store getting exclusives... People are still mad about that. They're still... Oh, God. They just recently released um, GTA Five for free, and I see people on Twitter being like, they'll net... Like, they're being... Like, they're being tempted. Like, they'll never tempt me with this this game. I'll never go into your platform. Like, cool, <laughs> no one asked. Like I'll play GTA Five for free. Which is amazing, because that game came out in 
2013, but if, <laughs> if they made a game from, like, 2015 free, those same people would be like, a five-year-old game? What is this? Yeah. Humble bundles? <laughs> Get on, give us some real games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think that's a really cool move, and that's really good, and I just love to see companies be good to indie developers. Absolutely, yeah. So. Um, I'm really liking the Summer of Games stuff from Keeley so far. I, I The Unreal demo was kind of... The demo itself is cool. It was underwhelming because he said there would be a one-hour-long presentation, and it would be, like, one of the biggest ones this summer. And then probably... Yeah, he kind of does that a lot. Have you noticed 45 that? 45-plus minutes of it were just him talking on Zoom to the creators about interview questions. That's why I have so many issues with Jeff Keighley is because he somehow <laughs> manages to hype everything up. I will say, though, I did respect how his thing was not total marketing. Like, he asked them some decent questions. And there yeah. were a lot of, like, technical specs involved. Um, I will say that the entire time I was like, Nolan, this is probably just going to be the interview for the rest of it. I don't think we're getting any other announcements. And the whole time he was like, no, no, we're going to get something else. There's oh, definitely going to be something else optimism. at the end. And... Well, I was ever so slightly tricked by the people who noticed that when Jeff Keighley announced this, he tweeted a gif of the Joker, and then during the interview, he had, like, a prominently placed Batarang behind him. Oh, um, it right. It was, like, it was, it was blurred out, and I thought, look... That Rock City Batman really, game that's been in development for years. Right. I don't really care about the Batman games that much. I've played... Fun. We, weirdly enough, I've played all of them, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not, like, that excited about a new one. Um, but what I am excited about, and I'm a freaking fiend for is game announcements i don't care what it is i want to be there a batman <laughs> game would be able to take advantage of lighting really really well because you have a yeah. lot of use of shadow and like what what's the term like how, how light and darkness play with each other would look really really nice on a nice game yeah. engine so it makes yeah. sense so that would be a thing but it, it it would and i think maybe the the conclusion to this is maybe jeff just likes batman yeah, that makes maybe, sense. Maybe, maybe that's it. <laughs> I know you asked us this in our group chat, Alex, but like, are there any games that you guys are expecting to come out or be announced during this thing that you're really looking forward to, or do you kind of have no idea what to expect this summer? I'm a. I I'm hope a this Capcom. is the year. I hope this is the year we get Bayonetta three. I've been waiting so long yeah. to hear literally anything about Bayonetta three. <laughs> the last thing we heard about Bayonetta three was, "We know you guys want to see it." We're working on it, and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> and then like a picture of the moon with a three on it. No, they and had like a teaser went, hey. at the last couple Gamma Awards, and, and then that was it. Yeah. That's all we've seen. Yeah. Um, I I have been I have been naturally drifting towards old games that interest me lately, and by coincidence, I only realize after I choose them. It's been that almost every one of them ends up being a Capcom game, and I just end up <laughs> drifting yeah. towards Capcom games lately, and uh. You know, we mentioned earlier I've been playing a lot of Resident Evil 4 and 2 back-to-back. -back. Well, uh, I would love to see an announcement, a proper announcement, of Resident Evil 8 yes. Village, if it truly is called Village, um, and the Resident Evil 4 remake. I just finished that game two days ago, and I don't even think it needs a remake, so my curiosity is heightened. I just want to see what they're doing with it and why they're doing that you mentioned capcom and this might be a good segue into another story um personally i'm curious about the often rumored uh marvel versus capcom 4 if that's even real um Wait, real re real quick before you segue yeah, yeah yeah yeah. janelle didn't answer her own question oh you didn't what about that's you? right thank you i'm not a big bethesda fanboy anymore 
but I really want to hear anything about the games that we know that they're making that we've heard nothing about for the last, oh, like, yeah. however many years. Starfield. We know they're making Starfield and Elder The Elder Scrolls Six. 6, and it's been years, and I just want to know anything. That's something. It. Yeah. Just something. Yeah, something, anything. 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 I'm way more interested in Starfield. Than Me Elder too. Scrolls Six, personally, I but just, both would be cool. They're making the reason I'm so excited for it is that they're making a new engine for these games, and <laughs> we all know that they have a problem with their games looking or acting normal or good. <laughs> um, so I'm, I just really want to see what they make and if it fixes a lot of the problems that they have as you far think, as gameplay goes. You think they'll finally have ladders in their games? <laughs> will they finally have working ladders? No. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think their next games will have like more than twenty voice actors? Uh, man. We'll see. We, yeah. we, we were, when, when I was playing Resident Evil 4, um, the guy that plays Lord Sadler, Janelle said, I, I think I know him. He's from Skyrim. What did he play? He's also Deckard Kane. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she looked him up, and his, his IMDb page <laughs> said Skyrim, and then listed, like, 51 voice roles. Oh my god. <laughs> it was insane. It was nuts. But, um, no, he's just like every character. He's yeah. all of them. He's all of them. Yeah. But sorry, Alex, Skyrim. what was this news? No, you're, you're good. You're good. I was just talking about, well, that's one thing I'm interested in is this often rumored um, Marvel vs. Capcom 4 that's supposedly been in development. Um, and one of the big things that hinted at that was Evo. Evo 2020 was going to have Marvel uh-huh. vs. Capcom 2, the fan favorite and undisputed, the undisputed favorite, I should say, of that franchise be in it. Um, but not officially anymore because Evo 2020 has moved to online only. Uh, so Capcom yeah. Two does not have good netcode. It doesn't have netcode end quote because it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have netcode at all because it's never been on. Well, it was on the 360, but now it's not. So, mm-hmm. um, but for context, Evo is the evolution fighting game tournament, um, one of the biggest fighting game tournaments in the world, held in Vegas normally every year. But coronavirus changed things, so they changed things. Everything is going to be online, and they added a couple uh, new games to the roster. Uh, and what's notable about these new games is that they are known for having really high-quality netcode, meaning they can play really well online. And that includes uh, Killer Instinct, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Skullgirls Second Encore, and uh, Them's Fightin' Herds. Um, hmm. Have you heard of... I'm sure you're familiar with Killer Instinct and Mortal Kombat, and... Uh, Schoolgirls came out a few years ago. Still on top, baby. Yeah. Best netcode ever. Um, rollback netcode. Let's go. <laughs> GGPO. Um, Fun game, too. Yes. Yes, very good. Um, it, it really captures the spirit of Marvel very well. Um, but are you guys familiar with Them's Fighting Herds? No. Well, kind of a tangent, but this is a weird game. So this started as a... I, I shit you not. This was a My Little Pony fan game. Where oh. the ponies would fight. It was a fighting game. It was a fan fighting game with the ponies. <laughs> and whoever owns it, I want to say Hasbro. I'm pretty sure it's Hasbro. was like, yo, you guys can't do this. And shut them down. And then the creator of the My Little Pony show, who I'm pretty sure the show was over at the time, was like, hey, would you guys like new character designs for your game? And they hired her. <laughs> and she made a new, new lore and characters for this horse fighting game. Hell yeah. Yeah, so it's it's in the same Skullgirls engine. It also uses GGPO, which is famous for its its really high-quality rollback netcode. But it just officially came out, like, a couple days ago as a recording. Um, um, they should just add to Evo one of those, like, Twitch Mugen tournaments where it's just a bunch of, like, random downloaded from, like, uh, <laughs> source code websites 
turn him just into just a run like salty a, bet like officially through Evo. It's like it's like SpongeBob versus Okabe. Yeah, like, yeah, or something <laughs> like, and it's just like two AIs fighting each other. God dang, like Dio versus Shadow the Hedgehog. God yeah. Damn. yeah. <laughs> Um, one, a couple more things that were interesting is that Super Smash Bros. Ultimate got completely removed, um, because it is huh. very, it has awful netcode, it's awful to play online. Yup. Nintendo um, doesn't know how to do that in any of no. the games. Except for maybe, uh, no, I'm not even no. gonna say Splatoon. Yeah. Splatoon's, Splatoon's the best close. they've gotten, but Splatoon's gameplay also doesn't rely on, like, Twitch reactions like a fighting game does. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so and, and and it's also like it's also like we can't make precision shooting. What if you had to shoot the ground? Yeah, yeah. And then it wouldn't matter <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um but it's really funny because all the ultimate players are like, yeah, makes sense. Game sucks. <laughs> like Oh man, yeah. I like Smash Ultimate. I like it too. Okay. I like it too, but you know. I love um, Smash Ultimate. Yeah. There's also an interesting thing that they talked about where now in rep- in exchange from Marvel vs. Capcom 2, um there's something that Evo organizers are calling the Tournament of Champions. As in the number two, Ornament of Champions. So, like, oh, I think that really strongly <laughs> suggests the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 re-release that they're just going to play on the show floor. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd like hmm. to see that. Well, there's no show floor. Well, yeah. But the, the they'll Twitch just play. Yeah, floor. yeah. They'll play on the Twitch yeah. floor. Um, which would be interesting. Um, hmm. But, yeah, Corona is, is changing... A lot in terms of video games. Yeah. Um, that leads us to our next story, I guess. Do one of you guys want to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nolan, I, I've talked a lot. Nolan? Uh, well, our good friend, Xbox lead Phil Spencer, <laughs> friend, of the, friend of the show. Good friend of yeah, the show. Good friend of the show. How you doing, Phil? Friend of the pod, uh, yeah. Hope you're, hope you're healthy. Um, he has said that Microsoft game production has basically stopped completely due to the coronavirus and um i mean hey could you really expect anything different nintendo's not making switches right now Mm -hmm. xbox isn't putting games out last of us got delayed because of this um i think a lot of the big hitters are still going to be put onto the line for production but uh i i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of games we're going to be digital only. I think a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize how much there's going to be like just this empty space in in the media world where nothing is coming yeah. out. Movies, I mean, games, it, TV shows, you know. It might be that things are only digital only. It might be like you're saying there literally just won't be anything released. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe in indie games, stuff that's made in people's houses or stuff that's already in the polishing phase, but we're not going to Well, have but and then if these games have right now or, if yeah, if these games are physical there's no guarantee they're going to get out. Like, that's one reason games have been delayed. It's because they can't guarantee physical copies right now. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Even though I think that is maybe how it should be right now, and not to get political, because we know video games aren't political. No, of course. I don't want um, any politics in my video games. We've seen <laughs> just this week in the real world that, like, Eugene and so many other cities are making the fucking terrible decision to open up early. And I'm seeing that a lot of people are losing their extra pay because places are just opening. So maybe things will go back to normal for these game companies for a few months until their employees get sick. But it might, there might not be a weird drought because they might just force their employees to go back to work early. You know, yeah. funny thing, uh, 
Phil Spencer's actually been trying to open Microsoft for months, but Major Nelson is guarding his bedroom door. Oh, yeah. And he's not letting him out. That's true. <laughs> so, it's, you, you, you forgot about Major Nelson, wondered what he's been doing all this time? That's where he is. That's it. He's just Keeping been sitting check. there, being like, no, he's you don't get to leave. But I think that... I, I don't know anything about business. Have I said that? This episode, I've announced I don't know about business or technology, which is true. So, <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like for the executives who, you know, are making the big bucks from the next-gen stuff coming out, they must be just really mad that all of this is happening right when it's happening because i can't mm -hmm. imagine how this is actually affecting the games that are supposed to come out at the end of this year like you guys said they might just not come out or you know they will but digitally but i doubt that sony and microsoft probably have some kind of policy that has to do with big games having simultaneous releases across all formats this this might lead to i mean it, were i in charge of one of these companies um i would probably just say like we don't have to delay the whole game just delay the disc drop the disc in december but put the game out in july you know well i think with like the last so of us mad. Yeah. i think with the last of us they were saying that the playstation network just couldn't handle a full digital release well that, for that game's game. also probably going to be over 100 gigs exactly and, and imagine someone probably... like janelle who ordered the the disc version and has to wait or spend twice as much mm -hmm. to play yeah. it online to just to play it on release date. Who ordered the disc version, but who ordered the disc version that comes with what, like the statue and yeah. the backpack? And and... Yeah, and all this. Yeah. I didn't get the mm -hmm. backpack one. I was a didn't coward. Get the backpack one? No. You oh can actually gosh. use no, a backpack. No you can't measures. use a statue. Well, yeah, but it came with a vinyl, and I already have a vinyl for that game from PAX. Yeah, but Ooh, the vinyl okay, from okay. PAX is like one song. So is this one. It's oh, just it is? a different song. Okay. So, you know. But. I guess well, we'll see what happens with video games. I guess yeah. that's the theme of the show, yeah, right? Well, <laughs> we'll see. That's our tagline. We'll see what happens. Tune in next week to see what happens with video games. <laughs> but um, before we sign off, mm -hmm. I asked you guys last week what your favorite games from 97 were. Yeah. And I wonder if you guys thought about that. Um, should we quickly recap? We did this last week with... 1996, yep. and uh, Alex and I both agreed unanimously that Mario 64 was mm -hmm. 96 winner. Mm -hmm. yep. You said Crash Bandicoot, Twisted Metal 2. Yeah. 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 I know Which I can only have games. one, so officially... Fuck you, Alex. So officially, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. Okay. It's fine to have a runner-up. It's fine. Sure, so, sure. So what do you guys think for 97? You go first, Alex. Well, I feel like... <sighs> I'm gonna. I'm showing my my skin as a fake gamer. There is an obvious answer here that I have never played. Uh -huh. um, Final Fantasy VII came out in 1997. Me too. I would disagree that that's the obvious choice, only because so did Castlevania Symphony of the Night. That's what I was going to say. I've played that game and I adore that game. So Symphony of the Night is my pick because that is a fair incredible game um, that I've actually played. Um, it's just it's. That game is just so beautiful. It is really pretty, and it sounds good. And that being said, I'm sad that they fixed it when they re-released it to make the voice lines not sound awful. <laughs> that was part of yeah. the charm. It's like the Resident Evil games. Like, that's part of the charm. Yeah. You can't go look at the, the opening scene of uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night and not smile because it's dumb as shit. Yeah. Or, or the, uh, maybe you, the master of unlocking, can use this. <laughs> What is it? Uh, 
Richter tells uh, Alucard at one point, it's like, oh, uh, these are notes. If you play them wrong, they're bad, or something like that, for one of the unlockable <laughs> weapons. What's yours, Nolan? Well, I was torn between two of them, and one of them was what Alex said, Castlevania, um, because I also did not play Final Fantasy VII. Have still not played Final Fantasy VII. You I played the I first hour of it. That's it like a hundred hour game. Yep. Yep. Four four discs or something for the PS One. Yeah. Um, one hour is nothing. That does not count. Exactly. No, that's what I'm yep. saying. Okay. Like we t- we touched it for a second. And on the same vein, I do have a game that's a lot more personally special to me that I also have played from '97, and mine would have to be uh, would have to be Fallout. Okay. Fallout One. Personally. Fallout, Fallout 1. 1. Yep. Um, and I have to be honest, I've never beaten Fallout 1. Um, I've played about half of Fallout 1. But it is another one of those big, long adventure games that has a lot to do. And I am i would never say that you can play half of a game and understand it completely, but you can get a feel for it. Sure. And um, I, I really like the old Fallouts. They, they hold up surprisingly well. And... Fallout 1 may not be as influential as our 1996 pick, 60, Mario 64, um, but there's a similar legacy with Fallout for the Western RPG as Mario is to the platformer, where their style of player direction and focus on like the gameplay mechanics playing into narrative choices um, versus the opposite, uh, in a time when RPGs were in a slump, is a big deal and it made yeah. the game special back then and it makes it special today and um it's still one of the most unique rpgs aesthetically of of its of its era and it's fun not as good as fallout 2 but sure that's my pick for 97 i also really like diddy kong racing though so <laughs> <laughs> i only ever played the ds version of diddy kong racing which i've heard is not nearly yeah. as good so so i have a runner-up well here's the thing I like both of mine for very different reasons. However, my runner-up is... I'm more excited about the second game in its franchise than it, so I can't make it my top pick, even though I want to. Um, Diablo. The original Diablo came out in 97, and I genuinely think that Diablo 2 is one of the greatest games of all time. So I have a huge spot in my heart for that game. It's so fun, so... Obviously that, and Alex, I want you to guess what my number one pick from 97 is. Uh, would it be Crash Bandicoot 2? It is Crash Bandicoot 2. <laughs> At least that's um, the one I people like. It's, <laughs> that game was, I, there were like six games that I played as a kid all the time, and that was one of them, and I just have such a huge spot in my heart for that game. I think that is a phenomenal game. I don't care what you say, Alex, that game is a masterpiece. <laughs> So, it's that for me. I don't have any, like, I, I really you know, love super... not being able to see where I'm going when I move my character because his model is in the way. It's great. You know, you also don't like Sonic because he's, you know, too fast for you or whatever. No, Sonic so is just a bad game. I think you just have game. a problem with games. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> We're not getting into this now. I don't have some long, poetic reason why I love that game. I, it just, that's a fun sure. video game. Yeah. It's a sure. really fucking fun video game, yeah. and I love it very much. And the whole point is to have a personal choice. Yeah. There, you, there it is. Yep. So I think I've decided, listeners and you guys, that I'm going to keep asking you guys this until we get through the end of maybe the... Yeah, but the, if like, the next year is 98, you're yeah. just going to say Crash Bandicoot 3. I'm not. I, I will not. Actually, I, I'm, 
Until I run out of Crash Bandicoot games. No, I... <laughs> I think and my pick for 2016 is Crash Bandicoot Racing Refueled. I don't My pick for 2005, Crash, Crash Bandicoot Twisted. <laughs> okay. My pick for 2019, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. My pick okay, for guys. 2027, no. Crash Bandicoot 8. The Insane Trilogy was hard and I don't like it, okay? It was too hard for me. I couldn't finish it. It's too hard. It's okay. It'll be the exact same for Alex when we get to the Spyro games. Actually, That's no, it won't, because you don't like Spyro beyond the first game, do you? I, I, yeah. I mean, the other games yeah. are well-made games. I just don't like them as much, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's it'll, fair. It'll, it'll be that for me once we get to Sonic Adventure. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh <laughs> I'll do, God. I'll do every 3D Sonic game oh, God. through the years. So, think about 98, and I'll just keep asking you guys this until I get tired of it, and then, mm-hmm. and then we'll have a battle royale for the video games. Yeah. All right, we're okay. a little bit over right. time. We gotta. We are. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, listeners, that if you like hearing us talk, which is wild, <laughs> that's a wild thought. We were invited last week to be on the UL radio station KWVA to talk about video games a little bit, and that is on their SoundCloud. If you want to go listen to it, we were invited mm-hmm. by our good friend Ryan, the future editor in chief of the Daily Emerald, and it was a ton of fun to record. And you guys should listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you'll never get to hear the audio of us talking about this YouTube video of a gorilla fighting a raccoon. It was recorded, <laughs> but the FCC made it obliterated, so yeah. it's gone. Yeah, they have no jurisdiction us, over us here. If you guys want to hear us not cuss for an hour, that's where it's uh, at. There it is. That's where but it's yeah, at. if you enjoyed listening to us here cussing for an hour, then, uh, then thanks for listening. And this has been the Emerald Games cast. If you want us to talk about a game that you have on your mind or ask us a question or whatever, email us at emeraldgamescast at gmail.com or send us a tweet at, uh, at ODE Gamescast on Twitter. And um, that goes for you especially, Bill Trennan. Still mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting for that tweet back. Yeah. Or... Good job on Nintendo. That's a pretty good company, if I do say so <laughs> myself, Bill. That also goes for anybody who wants to donate me some plain wood in Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> Please tweet us if you would like to do that. Uh, and yeah, it's been Animal Gamescast episode 26. I'm Nolan. With me has been... Crash Bandicoot. And... From the commercials. From the old, weird, creepy commercials. That version of Crash Bandicoot. Oh, no. And? I'm a plumber boy. I'm gonna come, gonna come do a little dance on you, show you what's up with my disc-based gameplay. Plumber boy. That's why. That's he drive in those commercials. He drives up to NOA, pulls out a uh, my, a uh, what do you call it? Megaphone. It's like, what's going on, plumber boy? I'm gonna show you what for. And he does a stupid <laughs> oh, dance. No. That's wow. really good. With yeah. my disc, man. Sega really does what Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, all right. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs> you sounded so upset. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Get out of here. <laughs>